Welcome to the Caterham Independent In The Spotlight podcast. To find out more, go to caterhamindependent.com. Your community, your news, your paper. I'm Louise DeCosta and today I'm with Andrew McHenry, also known as Andy Mack, the manager of our very own community radio station, Ridge Radio. Ridge Radio broadcasts across Tandridge and Andy has become an integral part of the station over the last 10 years. He is on the management team and also one of their regular presenters. Andy has a wealth of experience in the industry and his career in radio began back in 1972 in Southampton when he first auditioned as a DJ at the Dungeon Club. So Andy, take us back to that time Take us back to turntables and also to seven-inch records. <laughs> Louise, that's not very fair. You showing my age. Sorry, no, I should. Have. <laughs> well, uh, okay, yes, yeah, seven-inch records. Well, of course. Um, back in 1972, I was taking my driving test, and um, the the chap who was giving me lessons um, asked me what I did for work, and I wasn't actually working at that time. He said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I don't want to do anything. I don't mind. He said, do you know anything about music? And I said, mm, yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're young, you say yes to anything, don't you? Mm. <laughs> because yeah. you can do it, of course. Uh, and he said, well, my wife works at this club called the Dungeon Club, and they're looking for a DJ. I'll get you an introduction. And I went, yeah, that sounds great. So anyway, I actually went to this place, it was like a gentleman's club, sort of a, a disco inside an old mm. fort. In fact, the fort wasn't there anymore, the dungeons were there and they'd been built into a, a nightclub. Oh, wow. Um, where gentlemen used to take their secretaries, that sort of thing. Oh, right. Uh, and each of the cells was somewhere where you could sit and you could eat meal and scampi and chips, that was the thing in those days. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, I walked in there, met the manager and um, he said, come on over to the DJ stand. And I went there and um, I was a bit fortunate because he switched on the equipment because I didn't have a clue how to switch it on. Mm. Uh, and he said, there's a bunch of records there. He said, just um, start playing them. These are seven inch records, okay? Vinyl records, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I just about, about know. Just no, re- yeah, no, just no, about remember, oh, you're far too young. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, so he left me there and said, just play a few records and uh, get used to it, and the microphone's there. Um, and so I, I started playing some songs. I you know, just picked the records that were there um, and started to talk on the microphone. And then a couple of people danced on the dance floor. And then a few more danced. I thought, oh, this is pretty good. I'll give this a go. So... Um, he came back and he said, you're pretty good. He said, you, you've done this before? I went, yeah, yeah, I've done it before. Because uh, I hadn't. Um, and he said, um, are you doing anything tonight? And I said, no. He said, well, you can stay there and carry on working. And I stayed there for about a year after that. Oh, wow. Working a couple of nights a week. And then there was another DJ who was working the yeah. other nights. Um, but uh, that was where it started. To be fair, and and you you've mentioned how 
how when you first started there, you just fell in love with the whole. Yeah, I, I did. I fell in love with it. I was the I was getting five pound a night. I seem to remember, oh, wow. which was. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is 72, so it wasn't bad, £5 a night for doing that for four hours was great. But then um, because I was doing that, you sort of meet other guys that were DJs, they'd come into the club, uh, and some, some of them were mobile DJs, so they had their own equipment, and they said to me, oh, we were, we're getting £10 or £15 a night. So I thought, oh, hang about, that's a good idea, isn't it? So I literally built myself some equipment did you yeah and How i bought though? a couple of well i had some you know friend these other djs sort of gave me ideas on how to do it i bought a couple of turntables um and built them into a box and put a mixer in um got some speakers and then had some pictures taken photographs professional photographs mm -hmm. and I'd, i had a 40 watt amplifier and a couple of speakers that stood about three foot high uh, about a metre high and um, took these pictures and then um, got them developed, printed, sent out to all the local um, agencies, you know, uh, to try and get work and only one of them sent me back um, a letter, mm -hmm. <laughs> no emails no then, emails <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> sent me back a letter and said, um, yeah, we can give you work but your equipment's too small. I went, what? So I rang them up. I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, you know, where we want to put you is in community centres, places like that. And what you've got, the equipment is far too small. So I said, oh, all right, fine. So I sold the equipment. That's the speakers and the amplifier. I kept the other stuff that I'd built. And um, I came up to London because I was, I was living down in Southampton at that time. Mm -hmm. I came up to London and bought a Sound City 120 watt amplifier and two Sound City speakers which stood six foot high. They were four by twelves, which is a four by twelve inch speakers in them. Uh, got them back, got some new pictures taken, sent them off and started getting work. Wow. And left the Dungeon Club. And. You travelled, was that across the south of the south of London? Uh, south of England, sorry. It was south, south as far as I went north was to Newbury at that time. And uh, was the, in fact, Newbury was, I think, the first gig I actually did. Um, and the first night I went on, it was in a community centre and the place got packed before I started. And I got nerves. Did you? And uh, the friend I had with me went, you've come all this way, you cannot not go on, you've got to go on. But I was literally a bag of nerves uh, because as the place was filling up, filling up. Was it because it was so busy? Yeah, it was so big mm. and busy. I was on a big stage mm -hmm. in a dressing room. It was like a big community hall. Mm. Um, so in the end, um, I went out and I, I, was, I was all right. And you were okay? Yeah, yeah, it was fine. Well, they say that, don't they? You've got to embrace it. You've got to go, yeah, you just go, go for it. Go for it, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's um, unlike yeah. that with the radio show. <laughs> Just go for it. And um, and what type of music was there? Because you you mentioned on your website, and I had to look something about no self-respecting DJ would play ABBA back then. Absolutely not. And why? Uh, was... ABBA ABBA was considered dad's music. Oh right. My dad loved ABBA. 
right. Everybody's dad right. loved Dabba. Right, I wouldn't right. Play so you wouldn't play Abba? No, yeah, so. it, was, it was not disco music. Yeah. It really wasn't. Um, Abba was a bit later anyway, the yes. 72. But, oh. um, uh, but the point is, is, is you wouldn't have played that back mm-hmm. then. Uh, and it shocks me now when people say, I'll oh, play that yes. Dancing Queen, that's disco music. Absolutely it's not disco it. music. <laughs> yes, yeah. you can dance to you it, of course, yeah. but it's not disco music. And it wasn't considered disco music when it came out. So what's your niche with music? What What is your preferred type of music? Well, it's changed over yeah. the years, obviously. Yeah. In the early days, you'd play anything like T-Rex or, you know, mm-hmm. you know Slade and stuff like that. So you... But then uh, eventually, um, I got. I eventually I was living in a little place called Wantage, yes, which is in Oxfordshire, yeah. and um, I was doing the American air bases. And just to clarify, Wantage is in Berkshire. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Berkshire, not not very far from Oxford. Yeah. Um, and I was uh, I was working in um, USAF bases here in the UK, which were called RAF bases, mm. but they were actually manned by the American Air Force. And um, they headhunted DJs uh, to go to Naples in Italy um, for a disco out there uh, that they had. And I was the first one that was contacted through my agent, because I had an agent, mm-hmm. who said, I can get you a two month contract in Naples in Italy. Do you want to go? Wow. I went, yeah. yeah. Again, yes. Why not? Exactly. <laughs> Presumably you didn't have any ties, you could just go very young, you can go up, you're still very young, but you could go off and you could. <laughs> <laughs> still very young. Um, uh, yeah. I was actually married at the time. Oh, right. But my, my marriage wasn't doing very well. Right. And so I said yes. So I went. Literally packed up everything and just went. For how long? For two months it was supposed to be. Right, yes. um, before I'd finished the first month, um, and, and the club that I was working in was called the Flamingo Club, and in the mm-hmm. American forces, and in the forces in general, it was very well known. It was a club in Naples. Um, it had been started uh, just after the war, um, and uh, it, it eventually became quite a big club. Mm-hmm. It's closed down now. It closed down, I think, in 1998. So I got there in 76, late 76. Mm-hmm. And um, I was there for the first month. They called me into the office and said, um, <laughs> which scared me, they said, we want to ca- uh, tear up your contract. I went, really, why? What have I done? <laughs> uh, they said, well, actually, we're tearing up all of the contracts because we've booked other DJs to come after you and we want you to stay here indefinitely. Oh, and so a I resident st- DJ. As a resident them. DJ. I stayed there for five years. So you stayed in Naples for five years? Yeah, five years. I worked... It's incredible, though. Yeah. And to be given that opportunity... It was amazing. To, ...to do that. Yeah, because I was on the NATO base in Naples. Um, I was the only long-haired person on the NATO base mm-hmm. um, uh, so also just down the road was the American naval base mm-hmm. and they gave me the chance to work on their radio station that they started and that's how come I got involved in in radio right and that was my first sort of 
you know, first chance at getting in, involved in radio. Oh, um, so up until that point you hadn't done I'd any never radio. done radio up until right. that point. It was always DJing. Um, and so I liked that. I thought that was a really unique, different way of... And I, I got to know of American DJs uh, like Wolfman Jack. Mm-hmm. Didn't get to know him, obviously, but I <laughs> knew of him. Wolfman Jack was a big 70s DJ in the States, had a very gravelly voice. And um, he ended up on in movies and on radio in America. Um, so then I um, finished there, uh, and I went to uh, Frankfurt in Germany, mm-hmm. and I worked as a tour coordinator, again for an American agency, and um, I looked after groups at that time. When you say groups of tours. Yeah, they were coming. They were coming from the states, and they were touring around the American air bases and some Canadian bases. And how did you do that? So that was that contacts, word of mouth. Well, that was through my agent. My agent asked me because the agent he had his agency here, uh, but he was American, so he was from America. So um, he used to book all sorts of different acts, including DJs, of course, um, all around the world, but mostly in bases, American Air Force bases and American Army bases in various places, even into Japan and all sorts. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, Hawaii, everywhere. So your agent, Andy, stayed with you pretty much? Through, through, through that, yeah, right, right through that. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent probably a year, maybe, some, maybe not quite a year doing that, mm-hmm. and Germany, Switzerland, uh, Italy, um, mm-hmm. Doing that, and I worked with uh, quite well-known bands from America, mm-hmm. uh, like the Ohio Players is a big band in America, um, and pe- people like that. Yeah. And and with radio, do, how did you find it? How did you find it doing radio, transferring onto radio? Were you still doing, still playing in clubs? Were you still yeah. playing yeah, at, yeah. The, at the bases? Yeah, I mean, radio presenting is quite different. It, it, it is very different from DJing because DJing, you've got an audience in front of you. Yes, um, of course, yeah. And unlike the DJs that you see nowadays, in in the days when I started DJing, you had mm. to speak to the audience. You couldn't just play music. Oh, uh, right. You, you couldn't play yeah, one song after good. another like they do nowadays. People wouldn't put up with that. Mm. You had to yeah. interact with it. It was a completely different scene. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until late 80s that uh, that started to become a thing where DJs would just get up and play music. I mean, I know DJs now, I know DJs that go out and they will hardly ever speak a word. And yeah, they'll, be, they'll just play. They'll just play music. Um, you know, you go to weddings and they don't even say anything. Yeah. And for me, that's bizarre mm. because you couldn't do that back in the old days. Yeah. A DJ had to be a personality. Yeah. So, so you were DJing, mm-hmm. and um, and 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 you, and you had the presenting side. Yeah. And what did you prefer? Oh, DJing at the time. At the time, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Um, because of the the audience interaction. Right. Yes. Um, which is the way it used to be. Yeah. So yes, I I preferred that. Uh, I found that presenting at the time, I just felt that there was. There was no rapport. There was nothing to work mm. against. You see, 
Um, Presumably you met lots of people, created lots of friendships. Loads. Yeah. Are yeah. you still friends with any of them today? Some of them. Um, you know, some of them. In fact, I've only just recently, uh, a chap that I knew back in those days in Naples in Italy contacted me through, uh, through my website. Oh, right. Um, because there's a way through my, my Andy Mack re- website mm-hmm. to actually contact me. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's, he's the same age as me, and he lives in... He's an American. He lives in America. lives oh, in right. Florida. So that must have been lovely. Oh, yeah, amazing. Absolutely amazing, well. yeah, yeah. So it's, that's the nice thing about social media mm-hmm. and the way we live nowadays. Because, you know, before, before the internet and social media and so forth... Uh, you might get a letter if somebody could find a way of sending it to you, but yes. there'd be no way for somebody that you knew to reconnect mm. with you, and that's what we have nowadays. Yeah. And um, so there are good things about there are bad things about the internet, but there are some very good things. Yes, and if you if you focus on the good things, it is worthwhile. And yeah, and absolutely, and keeping in touch as mm. well. This mm. is always really good. And. Um, so also with returning, so you returned to the UK in 1982. You're back in England. Yeah. And what? How was that? How, first of all, <laughs> lifestyle. How was that different? What did you do when you returned? Well, when I 80s? when I first returned, um, I didn't really know what to do. Mm. Um, and, and why did you return? Uh, pardon? Why did you return? Well, my contract um, doing the tour coordinating had finished, oh. and uh, my agent said. Um, I could probably get you into the States. Um, the guy who used to manage the club, the Flamingo Club, who's American, um, he had, you know, he'd been talking to me by phone. We had been chatting. Mm-hmm. Uh, no WhatsApp? No, no WhatsApp, no. <laughs> no, fi- you know, fixed phones, yes. all that sort of mm-hmm. business. Um, because we, you know, um, kept in touch... And he said he could get me into the base that he was at, which was in San Diego. But I had to make my own way there under my own money and everything um, first before. So they wouldn't pay for me to go there. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a bit of a sad thing. Um, At the time, I was owed quite a bit of money for the tour coordinating. So I got back here to the UK and I waited for my money to turn up. And it didn't turn up. Just because... Yeah. So I know I, for, I had the opportunity... It's very, very different. I had the mm. opportunity to go to Canada. I was offered a job at CBC, which is the Canadian Broadcast right. Corporation. And I made the decision not to go because I met my husband the next day. Until today, I always say to him, because of him, I didn't emigrate to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally met him the next day. So it was, it's completely different. But at the same time, I know sometimes when you think, oh, gosh, if I, what would have happened? Yeah. How would have things pan, you know, yeah, turned yeah. out? Yeah. So, yes, but, but then you move on, don't you? And well, you do. So, and yeah. you, you do. You and, and, do. And, and yeah. life has a yeah. funny way of yeah. things happening and fate as well. Sure I right. really believe in so what yeah. happened next? So you well, the thing was, is I was, I had been married for the second time in 1981. I got, I, I remarried. So when you returned to London? No, before I returned, I had met a lady who was um, in the British Navy. Mm-hmm. She was a wren. Uh, I Just met. Just let me know. What, remind me what a wren is. 
Well, she was the female version of a sailor, basically. Right. Yeah. Yes. They called them Jenny Wrens. Yes. But a wren was a... I think they call them something else now. Um, but a, she was a wren in the uh, Royal Navy. And she worked for the first Sea Lord over here, when she got back here. Um, and um, anyway, I, the upshot of... It, it was, I, I'd been married the first time in 76, that didn't last, that was the one when I went out mm -hmm. to... You went yeah. to Naples. Uh, I remarried in 81, I think mm -hmm. it was 81, memory serves, that was my second marriage. Um, I done the tour coordinating, mm -hmm. um, I'd got back here and I wasn't paid. I didn't get paid, mm -hmm. so I was stuck here. I just found a job working in a DIY shop. Yeah. Whatever it, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and basically, then I I played guitar. I'd always played guitar in the old days. Yeah, not not great, but I played guitar. Um, so I got to know a chap called Paul Hardcastle. Right. Um, and he was in a band called Direct Drive, which was a little sort of funk band. Where was this when you returned to England? I was back what? here in, in, in London. I was in I South Nord. Right, right. South yeah. Nord. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> living with my wife's parents. <laughs> so she was still in... See, she was here. No, oh, she, she was, was here. Right. Yeah. So you both came back together. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so... I'm just trying to get this straight in my head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Brought back all these memories. For yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I had friends. I, you know, got to know people, got to know other musicians, and we put a band together. Um, and it went through various name changes, and we were doing recordings. Uh, and the band was called Delay Line. Um, and we recorded a couple of records locally here. And uh, when, when one of them got released, um, I took it to Paul Hardcastle. Mm -hmm. Now, Paul Hardcastle's name, you might remember, from a chap who did 19. Yeah. Yeah, the song yeah. 19. Yeah. Um, but he was essentially uh, a keyboard player. And um, he still, in actual fact, releases songs now. Uh, I'm friends, friends with him on Facebook as well. So, um, <clears throat> But he became... Well, an overnight millionaire because no, the song 19 went to number one, yeah. pretty much everywhere, made a lot of money. Yes. Um, then we were no longer in his sort of like social... Immediate. Yeah, yes. immediate yeah. Uh, friends and stuff. But he did remix the song that I had out with Delay Line, which was called We Can Make It. Right. And so that song started getting plays. Um, it never charted or anything like that, and we didn't make a lot of money. We made another two songs before the group broke up, and that was the end of that. But in between that, I was doing the odd DJing gig. I'd, um, <laughs> I'd gone for an interview to work for the World Service. Uh, up you? in London, but I didn't actually get that job. 
Um, I also interviewed to uh, present on Mayday Hospital Radio. Yes. But they they liked what I was doing, but they thought that I would use it to further my career. Oh, yes, you've mentioned this. Yeah. yeah. So they, they didn't want to take me on. So I then just decided, well, OK, I'm just going to um, DJ. The band eventually, as I said, broke up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... Well, I built up a new disco, which was called the Video Disco, and we had video screens mm-hmm. and big light lighting rig and everything, 1,000-watt um, sound system. So it was a big thing. that We used to do different gigs around London. Yeah. So I was going to just mention, because you had one of your... Was it one of the, the bass player? Yeah, the bass player of the band that was in, uh, his name was Trevor Gittings, yeah. um, who was my best friend. And he was uh, younger than me, but he was an exceptional bass guitarist. Um, he played on an Odyssey record. Do you remember the group Odyssey? Yeah, well, they came over to the UK and we met them and they had um, a song out. Uh, well, they released a song that he played on, which was called Joy, I Know It. And you can find it on Facebook and, you know, if you, or on YouTube if you look for it. Right. Um, well, so they had a minor hit with that, and that was the last thing that they ever did. Um, and the lady, they were lovely ladies actually, um, the two ladies in Odyssey. Anyway, I digress. Um, I continued to do the DJing and built up the video disco, which was a big rig doing lots of different places and this would have been I'm just trying to think at the time late 80s I would say late 80s um, early 90s mm-hmm. my marriage that marriage second marriage was coming to an end um, I met my current wife mm-hmm. <laughs> the lovely Sharon Yes, um, met. And then I carried on doing that. I used to earn £500 a night with that particular rig, and which was quite a lot of money. Wow, yes. Yeah, exactly. because it was a big rig. Mm-hmm. Um, when we got married in 1998, I said I would give it up, which I did, and start doing a regular job. <laughs> right, so, so regular job as in... Um, DJing or no. getting a regular job as in? As getting a regular job, yeah. I became a telephone engineer right. and worked yeah. in telephones for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And why, why was that? Because um, A friend of mine uh, who actually, uh, when we were doing our records, uh, his name was Rick Sims and he was um, a producer and he had worked for BT in the 60s um, and, and he became friends, well, we became friends and he asked me when I eventually said I was um, thinking of, you know, giving things up. I didn't want to do the band anymore, but I was going to do discos. He said, "Well, he said, would you like to um, do something else?" And I said, "What?" And he said, "Well, you could be a telephone engineer. It's an easy job." Mm-hmm. And so I'd done some some of that telephone engineering work and learned how to do it, even when I was doing the discos. But in 1998, when I gave up the discos, um, that's when I, it got serious. Um, and I took that on as a full-time job. And 
do you mind me asking Andy why but why why the change why was there was it more stability was yeah. there a reason I was older yes right um children were involved <laughs> yeah. um yeah you know stability exactly. was yeah. the I, thing been, I, I, I mean with with the with the band it was never going anywhere no. i mean the amount of people that make any money out of doing that sort of thing is minuscule yeah. <laughs> is minute yeah that's um true. So I knew that wasn't going to make any money. I knew the DJing wasn't going to make any money. Mm. I hadn't managed to get into any mainstream radio or anything like mm. that. Did you try for mainstream radio? Uh, yeah, I did try. I did try, but, um, you know, not particularly hard. Perhaps and the competition is done. very high. It was getting yeah. harder, I yeah. guess. And... Uh, so, you know, so then I thought that stability was the right thing to do. Mm. Eventually, I started my own business, telecoms business. Um, which really served me until I retired two years ago. But if we go back five years, uh, a friend that I met in the telephone game um, in Croydon was doing Ridge Radio. Now, we got talking and he, he started asking, he'd found my website, which was about Andy Mack and the old days. Uh, and he said, oh, you must know a lot of music. And I said, well, yeah, I, I do, yeah. I've still got a lot of it. And he said, well, would you come down and do this little show on a local radio station called Ridge Radio in Caterham? Would you come down and guest on my show? And I went, yeah, absolutely, I'll come down. So um, I came down and um, he let me loose on the mixer and, you know, playing songs. And... Um, the manager at that time of Ridge Radio heard me um, and said, would you like to, you know, try out? I said, yeah, yeah, why not? I've, you know, I'd like to do something in the evenings, you know, that's mm -hmm. different from my work. Um, and so I, I came and tried out. I, when I first started at Ridge Radio, I did uh, Saturday evenings, six till eight, and the music I played was soul and disco because that was the kind of music I was used to playing back in Naples, in Italy, uh, in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, and I loved that sort of music. So I did that for quite a long time. Um, and then eventually things were changing at Ridge Radio. Um, and I put myself forward for the management team. Mm -hmm. um, and there are four of us. So I'm in the introduction you introduced me as <laughs> the manager of Ridge Radio I'm just one of the managers we've got right. four right okay you tend to see mostly me because I'm retired and the others are all got full-time jobs mm. so um, I'm the one that <laughs> gets stuck so all of these other jobs the time. Yes. I love it don't get me wrong I absolutely yeah. love Ridge Radio I think it's a great radio station and there's so much potential here it within the local community and we've got some great presenters on here we've now got 47 oh, wow. 47 presenters yeah and they range in ages don't they well, Andy? they absolutely do range with in ages from 12 i think 12 is it <laughs> 12 years old. Uh, yes yes uh lovely sky brook who is 12 years old um up to the gentleman that's just come in to his, do his show his name is michael van bolin and i believe he's 
about 75. Oh, wow, so real. So, yeah. And also a real um, range of music as well. Real range of music, so absolutely. Lovely From, too, to have that. Yeah, and that's the important thing because I, we have a, such a range of music that people can pick mm. what they want to listen to. Yeah. Um, and, and most of the shows, the physical shows, go from eight in the morning until 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, some till 12 o'clock at night, or one actually till yeah. 12 o'clock at night. Um, so you can just pick the DJ and the type of uh, music they're playing and tune in, and you can do that anywhere you want. Yeah. Obviously, we run 24 hours because we're on the internet. Yes. Um, we stream across the internet, so you can you can download the app for your phone, yeah. or you can download uh, you can install it onto an Alexa device. Yes. Uh, enable Ridge Radio. Enable Ridge yes, Radio, or right. install in Ridge Radio to start with, and then you have to say Enable Ridge Radio after that. Um, mm -hmm. But with the app, you can literally be anywhere in the world. Uh, with a broadband connection or 5G yeah. will be coming, 4G at the moment, and you can listen to Ridge Radio. Well, I know. When my dad listened to it. Um, he was on a cruise last <laughs> yeah. year there and he was go. listening. Absolutely. Got on the radio. So, yeah, yeah so it's, it gives you an example, you know. Um, just going back, <clears throat> so you're part of the management team, there's four yes. of you. Yes. Did you ever want to be on the board of directors? Is there well, a reason why? Well, the board of directors at Ridge Radio are really... They're there to oversee the the company Ridge Radio. Yes. Okay. Um, to make sure the accounts are done, um, to look after the lease for you know for the studio, um, it's that sort of stuff. They don't generally do um, shows, mm. and they don't get involved in the day to day running. Yeah. Whereas the management team are there to look after Ridge Radio Ridge Radio on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm. And that's what I like to do. Yes. I also do my Monday mo uh, Sunday morning yes. show. Yeah. <laughs> I always went Monday morning. Yeah. <laughs> my Sunday morning show. <laughs> yeah, that's you. <laughs> but my you do feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> Here with me anyway. Yes, so. that's right. Uh, my Sunday morning show is called Andy Max Sunday Breakfast yes. Show. And that's from 8 o'clock until 10 uh, and I love doing that because Sunday morning is, is quiet and it's nice to get on and just... Um, I feel like I'm almost one-to-one -one with the audience mm -hmm. and I can play what I like, anything I like. Um, well, you're very... It's very... Because I've listened to it a few times. Have you? Uh, yeah, I do. And um, it's very relaxing, but it's also very therapeutic. Oh, and and, and it's sort of you can wake up, you can just switch it off because I've got the app on my phone and yes. I do, I just click and listen now. Yeah. So it's it's very easy to and very accessible too. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's what I like about it. Yeah, um, and people can interact with me, which they do or yes. not. Yeah. just listen. And why? Actually, a few things. First of all, I want I wanted to ask you why Andy Mac? Why did you come up with that name? <laughs> I think we should have I should have asked you that sooner, but well. Um, because most people cannot spell McKen or even say McHenry. Right. Yes, true. I, I do get that a lot. Uh, uh, so, yeah, when I started DJing, I wanted something that was quick, punchy, uh, easy to remember. Yes. Um, and Andy Mack. I mean, I, at school, I was always called Mac. Oh, right. You know, because people couldn't remember McHenry. Of course. Um, I see, yeah. And people cannot spell McHenry either. 
Mm. So it's an old Irish name, it comes right. from Tipperary in Ireland. It's not Scottish, which some people think, because it's not M-A-C, it's M-C-E-N. So that makes it Irish. Right, OK, well, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, but that, that was why I really wanted something easy and punchy and people will remember, and that's why. Brilliant. And also, why, just going back to Ridge as well, why is there, as Ridge Radio, been just, not just, but it, it's um, internet-based, and I know we've spoken before briefly about the FM side of yeah. things, that potential there. Just well, talk me through FM, the reasons behind it. And also I know it's not easy to transmit FM, okay. but just for the benefit of our listeners yeah, as well. Yeah, FM in itself is going to be removed. Absolutely, Eventually yes. it will go and everything will go on to DAB. So digital radio, the way it's set up in this country, it's very expensive to get onto digital radio. And the other thing about digital radio is it's the whole country is broken up into areas and companies were able some time ago to bid f to have those areas and to service those areas. The company that services this area services South London, Surrey, and I believe it's Suffolk. Suffolk? Right. Yeah, I think so. West, well, no, West... Anyway, it's a fairly large area, put it this way, but if you drive out of those areas, you would not get us. Yeah. So suddenly it would stop. Mm. Yeah? So if I go to Southampton, I can't hear the Ridge Radio. Yes. But I can at the moment. And the other thing is, for us to go on DAB, it costs about £40,000 a year. That's right. before we pay the you rent or anything. That. It's a yeah, lot of money. Of money. Yeah. Um, so there seems no point with FM because eventually it's going to go. It's very expensive to go DAB. So streaming online seemed to be the best way to go because it's the cost to stream online is an awful lot less. We still have to work within our license. We have, um, mm -hmm. you know, two licenses, which is our PRS license, which is the money that goes to the songwriters. Yes. Uh, yeah. And the PPL license, which is our performing license, because we're performing other people's work. Yes. So we have to pay those, and we have to work within those guidelines, um, which means no swearing, no racism, you know, all the sort of yeah. normal things that you wouldn't want. And that's not what we want to put in front of our listeners anyway. Um, so we have DJs here that come into the studio and do their show. Uh, some t DJs record, especially now because of COVID, we've had to record certain shows because pe certain people don't want to come into the studio and put themselves in harm, possible harm's mm. way. And of course, we're, you know, we're about to go into another lockdown. Yes, so, exactly. So, you know, that's another thing. But I'm here to look after and make sure all of that runs smoothly as possible uh, and look after all of these uh, presenters that are here. Um, mm. And they are all different. Yeah. All different personalities. There are mm. such yeah. a variety, especially, say, 46 or 47 of us. Yeah, so yeah. And because one thing that I've noticed with with Ridge Radio, with your own personal mm. website, now you 
it's very they're both they're very articulate mm. there's a lot of information it's it's very punctual with the information that comes across yeah. it's very up to date so yeah. website design well is that again something that you've, <laughs> another talent another no, that's just something that's something um, see i i believe that when you do things through life uh, you take pieces away from other people. Mm-hmm. You teach me something, you know, somebody else will teach me something, and I'll, I'll take all these little bits and use them myself uh, and try to use the best parts of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. So uh, a friend of mine started to show me how to do a website. Right. I could not sit down and build a website probably from scratch without maybe getting a website template. Right. A template yes. is something that you can just buy, they're not very expensive, um, which is what the Ridge Radio website is like. I paid a friend of mine that we had used in the business at £500, and he helped me with setting up that website. Once it was set up, he then said, well, there it is, you know how to get into it and you know how to do things. If you really get stuck or you break something, just let me know. That's only happened twice since we've had the new website and we've had that a few years now. Um, and I like to keep it as up to date as I possibly can because I think if people visit that website, you know, I want it to be truthful. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, in the past, and I'm not particularly blaming anybody, but because there was nobody looking after things on a day-to-day basis, it would be out of date very often. Yeah. It, you know, it, it, and you'd find a presenter's name on there and no picture. Yeah. Well, that, that's so. why, put, why put the name in there and no picture. <laughs> you know, people want to see who they're, you know, listening to. They want to know something about what they do and who they are. So all new presenters, when I get them on, I try to get a bit more information about them yeah. so, so that um, somebody viewing the website will get, a feeling about the person they're going to listen to. Yeah. Lovely. And what about social media? How do you feel about social media? Is that there are good things and bad things about social media, which I said earlier, there's good and bad about the internet. The internet can be very negative. Yeah. Social media in particular can be very negative. Yes. Um, I, <laughs> I often do not comment on things and I see lots of very negative stuff on the internet and I hate it, really don't like it because there are people that are very susceptible to those negative things I mean Mm -hmm. people at home they might not have jobs at the moment Um, they're in their bedroom (laughs) they're young perhaps uh, and they see all that negativity and it can affect them um, I don't like that at all. Right, yes. But the good side of it is, is you can reach a lot of people. And uh, as I've yes. said before, you can meet people you haven't seen in years and years. Um, and that's a really nice thing. You can talk to now when we, you know, when there's problems with COVID-19, you can talk to mm-hmm. family members who yeah. you may not be able to go and see. Going to uh, say, yeah. this year. Absolutely. So there's lots of that. And uh, what with FaceTime and all that sort of stuff, I think that's great. Um, so I think, on the whole, I really like social media. Uh, I'm just aware that there is quite a bit of negative stuff in there. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's a shame. It is. It's, it it's is just being careful and having that balance, yeah. isn't it? Because obviously, in recent show, I know there's the business show that we have on a Friday morning, and they've been experimenting with Zoom yeah. call with guests, and Absolutely. it's worked really well. Yeah, really. And yeah. so, so it has got its pros, definitely, hasn't Absolutely. it? And ways of yeah. getting out there, well, but but the same with everything. Back in back in seventy two, yeah. no idea. No. You know, I mean, it was we only had dreamt of something like that. <laughs> I mean, it was just. Yeah, I know. There was only three TV stations. Oh, of course, that's right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it was ridiculous, really. When you think about it now, I mean, I've got how many stations? Yeah. Hundreds. That's right. I can still not find something to watch. There's so many, isn't there? And I yeah. know it's true. Yeah. My husband's real at fault for that because we'll sit there and he'll flick through each other. On TV tonight, mm. there's mm. plenty to watch, but we're yeah. just spoiled, aren't we? We are spoiled. In, in the only the only downside of all that, and particularly I, I I think about that in radio, the only downside is there is so much content that everybody yes. can view or hear that it dilutes the audience that you can get. So mm. at Ridge Radio, we're always struggling for more audience. So that's why we we use the presenters' social media network yes. to help Ridge Radio to get more listeners. I would like to see posters up in the, <laughs> you know, in every shop in the locality, but we don't see any. And and you can walk around Caterham and say speak to somebody, and they don't know who Ridge Radio are. No, but we've been true. here a long time. I do try, like through the paper, trying to get it out to people so people mm. know, and obviously through our show that we do. Absolutely. On a Monday this morning, just the connection and making sure people yeah. know where we are and what we do yeah. and what what Ridge does and yeah. what they can offer the exactly. community. Yeah, so and that's just locally. I mean, yeah. but we have listeners in the States, in, yes. you know, in, in Europe. We have had listeners in Israel. Do you? Yeah, I have no idea how come. Interesting. <laughs> because so. we, the other thing about streaming online is we can see, to some extent, um, we can see... We get reporting, so our listenership is reported on a daily basis, mm -hmm. um, and we we have to report that every three months back to PPL to the yeah. licensing authority, yeah. um, uh, because that impacts how much we have to pay every year for our right. license. Um, the other thing about, you remember we were talking about DAB. Yes. There's no reporting on DAB, so if you have one, you spent all that money, you don't know if you've got one listener or 100,000 listeners. No reporting whatsoever, no way of tracking. Yeah. And, and so I, could, I couldn't see any reason for Ridge Radio to spend all that money, have no reporting on how many listeners, if the listeners went out of the area, they suddenly lose Ridge Radio. Why do I want to do that? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. No. So we made the conscious decision to stay um, streaming online and just give people the access via Alexa, the yes. apps, Which works uh, and the internet. Yeah. We have it at home yeah. through yeah. Alexa. I yeah. obviously have the app. Yeah. Um, and my mum and my dad both have it on their phones. Yeah. So they as well through the it's app. Brilliant. So it's just it's absolutely easy. brilliant. We did have a problem when we didn't realise it was enabled. So for ages we used to say, Alexa, play Ridge Radio when when Skybrook would have a show. Play it. We wouldn't understand. It, would, and it was only then when you right. enable. <laughs> yes, so and I, I, know, I, know. I, I've never been able to find out why that doesn't work. Yeah. But effectively, what it is is the first time you say install Ridge Radio, 
and it does and it will play it and then after that you can say enable ridge radio but if you say play ridge radio play some other station yes it does some random station it doesn't play us and i I haven't come to the bottom of that no eventually i might do yes that's okay that's good to know though um so yeah so i it's it's really interesting to find out about well firstly your role within ridge Mm. radio Mm. how you came to this point yeah and also, just to find out a bit more what you did, what you've done in the past. Done in the too. past. Yeah. Mm. So Naples must have been incredible, though. To, yes, it was. Or it just yes. been so, or just an amazing experience to be able to do that, to work away, to have that opportunity when you're, you haven't got any commitments as such, yeah. you know, children and things like that. Well, and and being, the thing about the thing about Naples when I was there, and I don't know what it's like now because I've not been back since the you know mm. early eighties, was there were no rules. Yeah, you, you just... <laughs> the Neapolitans are quite different because um, they live inside a, in a bay and one side of Naples you've got uh, Vesuvius and there's a ring of hills that go around to... Uh, there's another couple of um, smaller volcanoes, one's called Solfatara. Uh, oh, and, Napo- and to get to Naples you go through tunnels to get into Naples. So effectively that's... You can't... You can't drive over the hills. You drive through tunnels to get into Naples. And Naples itself is, is the Bay of Naples, is a little world on its own. Have, <laughs> I, yeah, I've never been. Have yeah. you and Sharon been back? No. Have you ever taken a van? No, I've, I've wanted to. Yeah. Um, whether yeah. we'll do that now I'm retired, I don't know. But yeah. um, um, no, I haven't particularly got any plans at the moment. But I suspect it's changed an awful lot. I know the bases have gone... Mm-hmm. You, you know, because obviously, yes. it, you know, it's not NATO anymore, no. all that, you know. Yeah. Um, but we were there, sort of, you know, the, the Soviet Union was still yeah. doing its thing. Of um, yeah. You know, so it was different. Um, the Ameri- When I first got there, the Americans were just coming. Um, yeah, I think they were just coming out of Vietnam. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the people there were Vietnam vets. Gosh, you know, yeah. they had lots of stories. Yeah. Uh, so there are, there's a lot, lot more stories um, that I could tell you, but, you know, we'll run we on for ages. That. No, we can do that on our next <laughs> podcast with you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want to hear about... Yeah, but, other, so, yeah there's other yeah. items that we want to talk about. So, <laughs> and, um, but, so that's lovely. It's lovely to be able to listen to, uh, listen to you talk about your, the history, your history. Oh your talents, your skills, you. and <laughs> and obviously your involvement with Ridge Radio, yeah. your, our community radio station across yeah. Tandridge. Which now so, is the main thing. This, the, it's yeah. my love. Is yes, Ridge your radio. passion. And it really is, yeah. isn't it? From And Absolutely. you can tell that from, well, I was saying to you how articulate you are with mm-hmm. the websites, with mm-hmm. the updates, with the emails, with yeah, Facebook so, yeah. and so that's yeah. really lovely to see. I mean, you can't you can't please everybody no, all of the time, can. and that's something I've had to come to bear and understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and to my shame, sometimes um, I feel it's kind of difficult that you can't. I'm talking within Ridge Radio itself now, yeah. with the people that I interact with and the presenters and and everybody. You can't please everybody, but I try to. Yes. Um, and I think we've got a lovely little family here, yeah. some nice people here, and and it's a great place to be, Ridge Radio. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, I mean, I love it. And for hopefully post, when I say post, but once things get better with COVID, yeah. um, we are going to be able to 
integrate more or meet more yes. with the other yes. other presenters and, because it will and it will get yes. better without a doubt we have to be positive yeah. I believe it will get better uh, it's going to take a while next year yeah. it's going to be I mean Christmas this year could be <laughs> a bit horrible but next year it will get better it will just let, it'll yeah. be easier to, yeah. to cope with like you say and, and that's what we're looking forward to yeah to yeah. meet everybody because I know we've spoken on various occasions about me saying earlier on in the year as well what are we can do for the Christmas deal we're going to do it this and that but I <laughs> it's because it's the whole social aspect to meeting people yes. but that's obviously been hard this year yes. it's going to be especially Christmas time but eventually that'll be lovely to build on those relationships mm. and see each other as Absolutely, well yeah, you have yeah, this so in the blue room, Andy, <laughs> and um, we, which we're sitting in at the moment, you have this lovely board um, yeah. that's been created, which has a lot of photographs yes, of um, other presenters. But there's and lots events. of space, isn't there? There is lots of space. I, I have a few photos, actually, that I'd yeah. like to print, Absolutely, that I'd yeah. like to, to add to it. But um, maybe other presenters can have some photos too. And yeah, I mean, to... that's, that's the whole point, is we put that board up when we redecorated. Yes. During the last lockdown... <laughs> Yes, that's right. I remember um, you mentioned we redecorated, it. and I, I, you know, I probably could have tried to find more photos, but I left it like that so that we can get new mm. photos. Um, presenters can bring their photos in. We can get new photos maybe next year when we're outside yes. meeting yeah, people. Yeah, which would be and lovely. We can, we can fill that board up. Yeah, and which is, that's and what you've it's also. About. Yeah, it's, it's great to show yes. that. And and also you've got the, the QR code for COVID-19, yeah. so we can scan that. Yeah, we've got track and arrival. trace. Yeah, um, which is great. And, yeah, we've got everything in the studio so we can clean, uh, disinfect, yeah. uh, and people can stay safe as, as yeah. much as they can. So because for guests as well, um, that's key. And But also just to say... I know that whether it be if a guest not coming into the studio in the current situation, mm. there's the opportunity to do it via phone, which we've done recently, yeah. um, and also via Zoom via as Zoom. well, yeah, which is that's right. which can yeah. be done. Yeah. So, um, and also, is there any? Would you like to just let it remind everyone about the contact details for Ridge Radio and for yourself as well? Well, so, to be fair, um, they can. <clears throat> They can contact us through my email, yes. which is andy at ridgeradio.co.uk, or they can send um, a message to uh, a presenter who's on air, which is studio at yes. ridgeradio.co.uk, or they can uh, get in contact with the station via info at ridgeradio.co.uk. Any of those um, emails will get answered in some point, some way, mine obviously will get answered pretty quickly. Yes, because you're very proactive. You're right. I know that if I email, doesn't matter what time or whenever it is, and I know that, or if it, even if it be yeah. sort of a Andy, I have an idea. Yeah, Anytime, <laughs> you do yeah. answer very yeah. quickly. Well, that's, you're very good with that. That's another pet hate of mine. Why do you have an email if you don't use yes. it? Yes, you know that that, yes. that really irks me <laughs> yeah. is uh, you know it's like any I mean the old days you just had a telephone a fixed telephone it rang you answered mm. and then somebody came out with an answer machine yes. I know because I used to sell them yes <laughs> of course <you> did. <laughs> and that gave people the chance to ignore you yeah. um, and of course we've gone into the point where you get lots of unsolicited calls of course mm. that's that's the downside of the, a telephone whether it be a mobile or a fixed phone um, but with email, you can filter out things you don't yeah. want clearly. But if you've got an email and somebody emails you 
say thanks for the email <laughs> at the barest minimum say thanks yes absolutely <laughs> you know, acknowledge it, it acknowledge it yeah, you know absolutely. because otherwise what's the point you might as well not have one yeah, yeah. no I, you know. I do agree obviously if it's somebody trying to sell you you know washing up liquid ignore them <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but uh, you know so that's that's the way I feel about that but thank you. So, no, thank you for your time. You're welcome. Andy, and thank you for being a part of the Cape Independent podcast too. It's, it's yeah. lovely to, to have you. You're an integral part of the community, integral part of Ridge Radio. And so it was really important that we were able to talk to you. And also talk to you, I wanted to be able to do this in person and also pre-lockdown so we can circulate this within the community yeah. so that the community can hear about and also hit a little bit learn a little bit more about Ridge Radio and about yeah. what goes on. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Caterham Independent podcast, which was produced and edited by the House of Haller at thehouseofhaller.com.